Welcome to Real Estate Milestones, where we explore fascinating topics in commercial real estate with knowledgeable industry experts. I'm your host, Ben Malik, and I'm a young real estate professional who is passionate about adding value to people's lives through the incredible power of real estate. My goal is to help you discover what the heck is going on in the industry and how you can get involved. This is Real Estate Milestones, where your future in real estate lies just around the corner. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to Real Estate Milestones. Today, I have a special episode for you. I'm going to tell you about one of the things I love about real estate. And as I'm sure you can imagine, given that I'm the host of a real estate podcast, I do love real estate. However, there's one thing today I want to tell you about, and that is in the real estate industry, win-win scenarios are very common. Unlike the stock market, which is usually considered a zero-sum game where for every winner, there's a loser, and for every loser, there's a winner. For example, if you buy a stock and it goes up, you win. If it goes down, you lose. Same for the seller. If the stock goes if you sell the stock and then it goes down, you lose. Wait. And it goes up, you lose. But if you sell the stock and it goes down, you win because you got out before it went down. However, in the real estate, this is usually not the case. In real estate, both the buyer and the seller can make a lot of money. And I want to show you, I want to tell you a little example that illustrates this point. So imagine there's a, a man, an old man named Abraham. He's been a real estate investor for 40 years. He's um done things all around the country. He's invested in hotels, offices, apartments, you name it. Um, but one of his favorite buildings is a building called the Ark. The Ark is a 200 unit class B multifamily garden style building in the suburban city outside of Washington, DC. All the tenants are mostly in their thirties and work in the city. However, they love the building because the units are spacious and have balconies. The landscape is beautiful with ample places to get fresh air. They um and the building has been kept kept them has been kept up in really good shape and the roof has even been replaced recently. However, the interior is a major needs a major revamp because the carpets and the appliances have been replaced in years. The tenants also wish the um the lobby looked more modern and there were a few more amenities because many of them are starting to have young children. However, over the last twenty years of owning the property, our Abraham has, or the property's value has tripled over the last 20 years that Abraham owned the property. And he's perfectly content continuing to uh, collect rents and, um, you know, isn't in dire need of, of uh, taking all the effort and strain and um, time that it takes to do a full revamp of the property. So he's, you know, he, he'd rather just leave it alone because it's, it's in pretty good condition. However, that's where Sarah comes in. Sarah is a young and hungry entrepreneur who is just getting her start as a real estate investor. She's a hard worker who's looking to get her hands dirty and add a lot of value to the properties when she acquires them. Sarah meets Abraham at a conference where they really hit it off. Abraham tells her a little bit about his real estate portfolio and mentions the ARC, and Sarah's opportunity radar starts to go off in her head. So she asks Abraham if, they're, if they could tour the property. After touring the property, Sarah goes home and crutches the numbers. The current rent is $1,000 a month per unit, and she estimates that if she replaces the carpet with hardwood, re removes the old appliances and puts in new ones, revamps the lobby, makes it look modern and and uh, and classic and are modern and sleek with um you know white and and um, dark colors, maybe some granite. Um, but yeah, you know you know you know it looks good nowadays. And she also wants to add a pickleball court and a pool. Um, tenants and she assumes that tenants would be willing to pay. $200 more dollars per month 
um, if she makes all these improvements. So that's from $1,000 a month to $1,200 a month per unit across 200 units. The next day, she makes an offer to Abraham for $24 million to buy the property. And although he wasn't planning to sell, the offer was too good to refuse. After the closing, Sarah goes in and does the renovations. And after a year, all the tenants agree to pay $250 more per unit. And that because all the improvements are exactly what they wanted. So I'm going to break down this example. If you're um, watching this on YouTube, I'm going to share my screen so you can see my um, really simple Excel model. But if you're not, uh, if you're listening on audio, it will make perfect sense by how I explain it. Okay, so there's 200 units and the cap rate is 5%. We'll explain what that means if you don't know later. Um, but the in-place rent, $1,000 a month per unit and the in-place expenses are $500 per unit. So if you divide 1,000 by, or sorry, if you subtract 500 from 1,000, you'll get $500 of NOI, which is the net operating income of the property. And if you do that per year, um, it's she would be the in place rent will be two hundred or two point four million dollars per year. The expenses one point two, and the NOI would be one point two million dollars per year. So the way that you calculate the values of real estate properties are you take you take the NOI, which is one point two million dollars, and you divide that by the cap rate, which in this example is five percent, which will get you to twenty four million dollars. That's the property value, and that's how she arrived at the number that she she offered to Abraham. And the reason why, and so I guess in a way, um, so just quickly what a cap rate means is that a cap rate is essentially the, I, I mean, if you think about it literally, one or $1.2 million would be 5% of $24 million. So if you did no renovations to the property, your return on investment would be $5, or sorry, 5%. Because that would be the percentage of the income relative to the property value, right? So every year you get 5% of the value of the property. And so that means if there's no inflation, all things being equal, that means it would, I guess, you get 5% a year for how many years would that take to get to um, 24 million? I guess if you take 100% and divide that by 5%, boom. Yeah. Okay. It would take you 20 years at 5% to get the whole property value back of $24 million. Um, so that's, and the way you get a cap rate is by, you look at the values of the properties around, you know, in the near vicinity, you find comparables like in single family and you'll say that, okay, that property over there had um, blank NOI, blank income. And so what percentage of that income was the, or out of the value that that property sold for, what percentage would that income be? And so in this case, it'd be 5%. So that's how we got the cap rate. And then she estimates the renovation cost to be $5,000 per unit. And that would result in a $200 um, rent premium. But in this case, actual one ends up being 25, um, which is how, how it works in this example. So the total renovation cost would be a million dollars. And the total cost, so the cost that she paid for the property and that the um, and the renovation cost would be $25 million. Um, so then after rent premium, the rent would be $1,250 and the new NOI would be $625 per unit, which totals to $1.5 million per unit. 
So then when you apply the cap rate, sorry, $1.5 million per year for the whole property. So when you apply the cap rate of 5%, you'll get $30 million for the property value after renovation. And then that means your return on investment is 20%. And so the reason this is a win-win scenario is because Abraham was not willing to do the renovations because he was tired. He was ready to retire. He didn't feel the need to do that. But Sarah was, right? So she was able to offer the fair market price to Abraham. And he's perfectly happy. He's made tons of money. He's tripled his money since owning it. And so he's happy. And Sarah's also happy because she gets to put in some hard work, do her business plan. She projected what she's going to do to literally add value. She does that value add plan. She adds the value and then people are willing to pay her more per month. And she instantly creates value for herself by increasing the property value and for the customers. So not only is it a win-win between her and Abe, because they both got, got what they wanted. They both got a return on investment. It's a win-win between her and her, her tenants because they both got what they wanted as well. So that is something that I think is not similar in the stock market. Um, the value created is hopefully from the, um, and I guess hopefully from the chief executive officers and the rest of the C-suite in the company, we hope they create value. But the probability of them creating value is already baked into their stock price because that's what the analysts do. They say, oh, we think that the value is going to be this in this many years because the income or the profit or revenue is going to grow by this much this, over time. And by the time you invest, all of the information, all the projections already reflected in that stock price. In this scenario, that's not the case because while we know that, I mean, in reality, sometimes sellers will want you to pay them a little bit more than the value of the property because they know that you're going to make money off of it. However, you're not going to buy the property unless you're making money. You're going to make money off of it or you assume you're going to make money off of it. And the seller is not going to sell it unless he's compensated for the fair market price of the property. So yes, this is, this, there's a lot of other, this is a very simplified example. There's no um, debt assumptions. There's right. You're not paying interest. There's, well, I mean, if you put that in, most likely the returns are going to leave even more um, attractive, but, um, and also does not account right for all the risks that might happen such as, um, you know, delays in labor or sorry, delays in materials or um, yeah, hard time finding labor or um, changes in interest rates, which would obviously affect the return metrics. Um, and yeah, many things can change, can affect the, the outcome. However, the point here is that she is getting compensated for her risk by create by generating higher income, and then she can put she can take into account that risk in her models and and then compensate herself for that. So this one way in this model, the way she stress tested her deal was she only assumed that rent premiums were going to be two hundred. However they end up being two, 250 because she was conservative in her assumption on what the rent premiums would be. And um, I just wanted to, to share this because this is a very simple example that illustrates one of the reasons I love real estate, which is I can create a plan to add value to the property, go and do that, and then be compensated for it, but also help the people who I am a landlord for. And also... Um, the person on the other side of the table isn't regretting their sale because they
they knew that I could add that value and they knew that their property was capable of that. But the reason why they didn't do the renovation is because they didn't have the energy and they didn't feel the need to. However, you know, we both knew that this was what was going to happen. So at the end of the day, the reason that's one of the reasons why I love real estate and one of the reasons why I think it's such a powerful um, source of wealth generation, because obviously you can have some sizable returns on investments, but also um, that I feel like I can help people and improve people's experience and, you know, by improving the place that they live in every single day. And, you know, obviously I'm providing a service and they're going to be willing to compensate me if it's worth it to them. And um, all in all, it feels like an accretive con contribution to something tangible versus, um, you know, just hoping, buying and hoping the price goes up. And obviously there's a lot of, uh, I'm not, I'm not trashing on the stock market. Um, there's a lot of reasons why the stock market is good and um, still, still great to have diversity and, and some exposure to the stock market. But fundamentally, this is why I believe that real estate is such a good risk adjusted return on investment because you can force the appreciation of your asset by creating value and giving people what they want. So I hope you enjoyed this simple explanation of one of the reasons I love real estate. Um, if you like it, please let me know and maybe leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and um, maybe write a little review. Tell me that you like this. And uh, I guess if I get a couple of those, I'll make another um, little video of uh, another reason why I love real estate. And just to let you know, I could do these for, for weeks and weeks and weeks. There's tons of reasons, but um, I hope you enjoyed and everyone keep making milestones. Thank you.